Through the Keyhole is fueled by Vanessa House Beer Company, located in Automobile Alley at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City. Stop by the tap room and try the legendary 401k lager or the refreshing destination wedding cerveza with salt and lime. Vanessa House is always brewing something fun like the Pog Hard Seltzer or their sweet and tasty sours. Great beers for a hot Oklahoma summer as we march towards football season. Stop by the Vanessa House Tap Room at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City for good drinks and family-friendly good times. Kids and pets are welcome. Yes, I mentioned kids and pets in the same sentence. Vanessa House Beer Company, the best beer in Oklahoma City. Please drink responsibly. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, co-host of Through the Keyhole. Uh, we are coming to you. This is our free show this week, sponsored, uh, fueled, I guess, brewed up by Vanessa House in Oklahoma City. Go make sure to check them out and get some of your finest uh, alcoholic beverages there. But uh, our guest today, we're doing kind of a different different thing this week. I'll since uh, Peyton's going to be off, it's just going to be me running the show. And uh, we're bringing on Braden Gall. You know him from Athlon Sports, ESPN Radio. He also is the owner of uh, 440 Sports. And he's talking to us on this Friday before he takes over for Paul Feinbaum this afternoon on his radio show. <laughs> so we are uh, lucky to be, that he was able to squeeze us in. Braden, what's going on, man? I see how it is. Your, your, your partner in crime is gone. You need someone to step in. You, you, you <laughs> ask me. No, been looking forward to, to talking with you, Alan, man. You and I have, I don't know how many times we've done this now over the last six or seven years. Yeah, countless. Um, so it's it's always good to talk to you. I know we're going to have a, an interesting conversation and, and happy to be here. And uh, yeah, on the Twitters at, at Braden Gall. And if you want to call in and interrupt legend or or Jim in Tuscaloosa, feel free. Feel free to <laughs> feel free to save me from from my from my own people. So. Oh God! Did you see the clip when uh, I think it was Spencer Hall and Richard Johnson when they were hosting Fine Bomb and the lady called it and then she's like, uh, "Am I on the air?" And she couldn't. I mean, she just said, "I mean, for the life of her, I was dying, yeah. man." Richard was like, "He's like, yes, ma'am, you're you're here, you're <laughs> <Yeah>. you're on." <laughs> yeah. RJ, I could just tell RJ is like trying to be as nice as possible, and like Spencer just wants to be like, "What what are we doing? What are we doing here?" What we <laughs> yeah, doing? exactly. The way, the way the way Paul does uh, traditionally when. When, when he when he asks for somebody to come on and they're clearly just watching the television and there's like an eight second delay and he's like guys uh the phones work faster than the radio and the television does please you guys have been doing this for 25 years why are we just now having the problem? <laughs> yeah exactly like uh yeah you know snap out of it exactly right, exactly exactly man well, I mean, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but there's actually been quite a bit of st- stuff going on out in the college football, uh, you know, broader universe. You know, uh, sometimes I feel, you know, all these Marvel movies, like we're kind of like dipping into this metaverse where we're in a uh, different uh, version of college football or something. But, uh, you know, and you've been I mean, you've been doing some really good stuff talking with, uh, you know, I heard you on uh, you were on filling in over the weekend, I think, on ESPN Radio. Right. I heard you and uh Stephen Lassen talking about it on the Athlon, on your Athlon podcast. I believe that's cover two. Um, and so, you know, I guess broadly speaking, I mean, 
you're you know you kind of couch this as a as just like this is just a, a capitalistic endeavor right and i mean of course it is but like broadly speaking just kind of give me your your thought on on the vibes that are, you know what's out there right now vibes um that is probably the the most difficult way to try to de describe and explain all of this because that's so that's so vague, but, but like, I get kind of the, the, the purpose of asking it that way. Um, again, I, I think you could, I don't think anybody knew this. I didn't know this. I don't think anybody knew this, but I think you can take it all the way back to, to the early nineties and Arkansas and South Carolina joined the sec. They split to make a huge chunk of money off of an sec championship game. That's controversial at the time. The big 10 takes Penn state. I was living in Austin in, in the mid nineties, going to middle school when the big 12 was invented. Uh -huh. So I think that all of that commotion that took place, it just, it feels so far away that it like, I don't, I think people forget all the time that realignment has just been a part of our game forever and it's happening for different reasons now. And that, that is to me, it's, it, it can't be about anything else, but money. I, I don't know. I don't know what else it could possibly be about. Because it's not about, um, you know, protecting the sanctity of the little guy or uh, allowing everyone a seat at the table or, you know, pick up, you know, kind of pick a cliche about the charm of the game. I, you know, this is about Fox and ESPN doing battle. Like, that's what the, that's what this is. Yeah. And and and, you know, while I do think there could have been some off ramps over the last 30 years to to, to where we're going. And I think it has escalated quickly because of some bad decision making, in particular by, I think playoff expansion. I, you know, we talked we talked about mm -hmm. it on the show. I think had playoff expansion happened, any point during that two years that they were trying to come up with the plan, if that happens and they vote on it and everyone has an automatic qualifying bid into an expanded playoff, I'm not sure we're sitting here right now, with with two super conferences. I mean, I, I but again, like it's sort of like gentrification now. I'm like, how do you stop massive, overwhelming market forces? Like, I, I don't know how you do that. And, um, you know, I, I yeah. just I, I, I try to call it how I see it. I know what I don't like about it. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to like about it, <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but but I don't know how you stop it. I don't know what there is. I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know. How do you stop Silicon Valley from happening? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I'm, and I'm, I'm totally with you there. And it's kind of. <laughs> You know, I, I, I was on a lot of different radio shows or wrote a lot about it last year when Oklahoma and Texas were, you know, leaving, announced, it came out that they were going to leave for the SEC. And my argument was always like, I understand why Oklahoma and Texas are doing that, even though I don't like it, if that makes sense. But like, you know, everybody says, okay, this is, this is all about money. And I mean, it, I mean, it is. For, especially for two of the two kind of shot callers at this point in college football, which are ESPN and Fox. Right. But it's, it's about winning, man. Like Oklahoma and Texas aren't going to the sec just for the money they're going because they feel like it's going to position them to better compete on a national stage. The sec back in 1991 added Arkansas and South Carolina so that it could, you know, add, a championship game and get that, you know, kind of national stage, uh, which brought in more money, but money is, you know, about winning. I mean, this isn't what, what I try to explain to people is like, this isn't the NFL where there's like an owner 
you know, collecting a check at the end of, at the, you know, at the end of every year where the owner is in, is running the team to, to make money. I mean, who, who is it that's profiting in all this? Like there's no, there are no owners of college football, the, there are stakeholders, but there are no owners. So where, the, where the, are the, the plantation masters are making plenty of money? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, but so like, might might have been too might have been too harsh of a reference, maybe. But, <laughs> yeah. but I think you get I think you get the analogy. Yeah, exactly. But like, I mean, you know, you're so you're telling me it's all about money for an AD. What? So an AD is gonna, you know, well, maybe, you know, I mean, yeah, sure, an AD might will get a raise, but I mean, like, well, but what's, that's what's, big enough to that's big enough to drive the decision making at the at the university level where there are well, directors, there are a lot so, of fans. Yeah. So a couple things. I, I mean, number one, winning and money are tied together. There's no question right. about that. No, there's no question about that. So you win, you make money. You don't win, you don't make as much money. That that's sort of cut and dry. Oh no. See, I think in college football, you need the money to win. But, but and not... yes, they, they it's chicken and egg basically, right? Yeah. And, and yes, you absolutely have to have the money to to build your waterfall 15 feet higher than the next guy, uh, or in this case, donate more money to your collective. Um, I, I think. I don't think it's about the 80s salary. I think it's about the 80s job description. The 80s job description is to win games and raise money. Like that's his job is to make money. And again, let's also be clear. 80s aren't making any of these decisions. 80s don't even have a seat at the table at these decisions. Right. These are these are made at, 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 again, this is Fox and ESPN in conjunction with two conference commissioners and a couple of very well-placed donors and very well-placed presidents and or chancellors. Like you said, board of directors. That, that the ads and co- like I've talked to a lot of coaches in the last week and a half. They have no clue what's happening. No, right. Nobody. I mean, I'm sure they're out of the loop. Yeah. They're they're not involved. And so and again, it, most media is not involved in any of this. It's almost all all rampant speculation. Which don't get me wrong, it's fun. But I I think with Texas and Oklahoma and USC in particular, I'm not even sure if I'm going to include UCLA. But the three, they they have what it takes to make these moves and 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 then benefit from the up leveling. Of, of stability and financing. The, te- Texas and Oklahoma and USC have proven that they can win national championships. So I, I think that those three programs are, are not like Arkansas or South Carolina in that Arkansas and South Carolina took a paycheck. And I don't, maybe, maybe they didn't see it that way. Maybe they didn't think that they were entering into a, a, a 25 year period of time where they weren't going to win a single stinking thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but and I'm curious, this is the question no one's asking. And we talked about this on on the our SEC podcast, Fringe Element, go check it out. Um, the, the one question no one's really asking is what do the fans want? And if you asked Arkansas fans, and this this goes to Oklahoma and Texas, but but not really as much because again, I think they have the ability to go into the SEC with an SEC logo on their shoulder pads to recruit better players, especially along the defensive line, and compete with everybody in the SEC. I don't think there's any question that they can do that. Um, they've got every possible thing you could ever need to do that. Um, I, I think if you ask Arkansas fans, hey, you're going to make 10x what you, what you were going to make from 1992 to 2022. In 30 years, you're going to make 10 times being in the SEC what you would have made in the Big 12. But in the Big 12, you would have gone to maybe maybe six conference championship games. Maybe you won two of them, right, in 30 years. Would you trade all that money for a couple of conference titles and being a more valuable and more relevant commodity within your conference? And I don't know what Arkansas fans would say. I think they would say, we wish we, were, we, we would take the money and stay in the SEC. But when you're doing that, you're sort of saying to yourself, it's going to be really stinking hard to win. 
because you're Arkansas. You're not Alabama. You're not Texas. You're not Oklahoma. You're not USC. You're not Ohio State. So I, I don't No one's asking that question. No one's saying to UCLA fans like, where would you rather be? Now, I do think that they're in a more unique situation because they can command their own recruiting territory, their own TV market, and kind of just be this this extra weird thing in the Big Ten that that doesn't really have to like, you know, like Nebraska needs to be in Ohio recruiting. Like, like Wisconsin mm-hmm. has to go into Ohio recruiting. They all have to kind of recruit against each other. And while they all go out West to get players, I, I don't know if I'm USC, UCLA, I think I've got an opportunity to kind of carve our own little path here. So that, that's a little different because Texas was on the recruiting trail against A&M losing recruiting battles because of the SEC big 12 thing. Right. And, and so that, that can no longer like that, that had reached a tipping point where it wasn't going to, you could see the writing on the wall. You needed to make a change. And again, Texas and Oklahoma are capable of competing in the SEC. And that's, that's why people want Clemson and Florida state because they think they're capable of competing in the SEC. And I, you know, it it is money. It is winning. It is absolutely being more relevant, being financially stable. Like it's all these things tied together. But at the end of the day, this is about two television networks trying to sell commodities. And whether we like that or not, it's about inventory. They think they are putting together more quality and more quantity of inventory to sell. And my question is, are those calculations correct? Right. Okay. Well, I mean, like, like the Arkansas thing though. Okay. You, you ask Arkansas now they've been in the sec now for 30 years. Like they've developed rivalries over that time. You know, they're talking about three decades. So, you know, it's a lot of time. I mean, but Arkansas, when Arkansas joined the sec uh, back in the early nineties, I mean, Arkansas was in a different place, I think, competitively as a program. I mean, you know, I, I remember they played, let's see here, they played Oklahoma like in the 1986 or 1987 Orange Bowl. They did so, lose to Citadel their first game as an SEC football team and fired yes, their coach, fair, and fired their coach which which is hilarious, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Was that, you know, was that Hatfield? Uh, no, it was the next uh, guy. It, it's it's oh, by yeah. the, it's by far the most SEC thing in the history of it. Oh, yeah. Just, you're out. Yeah. Join, join the league. And in game one, lose to Citadel, fire your coach. That, that is just my favorite part of it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, season. you know, they also had like the year with like Clint Sterner or whatever, you know, I mean, like, it, so you're, you know, you're talking about, uh, I mean, the or the origins of this are, are kind of different, but I think what, here's what, here's what I worry about happening. Right. Like, like Oklahoma, for example, or Alabama or whatever, right? Like the, it's built around like a community. You know what I mean? Sure. Like you do not have Alabama football being what Alabama football is without like this entire state of people being like, <laughs> right. we're going to put right. everything into this, right? And, you know, think about all the teams that Alabama historically plays, you know, they're all right in that same area, Ole Miss and Auburn and Georgia, Tennessee. I mean, they're all right in that geographic region. Right. So, you know, it's people that you're seeing every day at work or people, you know, you know, your friends who are close by. Yep. Right. So imagine though, like, I don't know, 20 years from now, when, if, if we, you know, if this kind of consolidation keeps going and, you know, there's say there's like a 16 team league and it's Alabama, Ohio state, Michigan, USC, Oklahoma. I mean, like at some point you're losing all of those kind of like communal ties, you know, I mean, it's easy, it's easy enough to say like, 
yeah, well, the whole state of Alabama will still take pride in Alabama football because that's what they do. But I mean, will they really like, will they have the same level of interest when, yes. you know, it's yes. not, I yes. have you, <laughs> Brain, you have kids, right? <laughs> yeah. I got, you, you, I got a, a five and a four year old. Yeah. Have you seen what all the different stuff that they can do now? Like all the different entertainment options that are out there. Have you seen like what it looks like in student <laughs> sections around the country with you know people tuning out? Like okay, maybe no, no, I'm one, but I'm not arguing with you on that. I, I do think this is where the SEC is uniquely positioned because they haven't they haven't extended so bizarrely, right? Like West Virginia being in the okay. Big Twelve is is a bizarre sort of extension. USC UCLA a bit of a bizarre extension. I mean, I think even going back to Syracuse, even though it made so much sense at the time because it was all Big East teams going into the ACC, like Syracuse is kind of a bit of an outpost for like Georgia Tech, Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, NC State, Duke. And, okay, you know, okay, like, yeah, but like so, that's okay, but like that's the SEC, right? Like I, I do, I do think broader. the SEC. I think the SEC is safe, which is what they. This is the point. They don't care. They don't care. And what what I think SEC fans need to realize, and this I think is what. What I think, I think you agree with this. I don't know. You tell me what you think about this, but what I think the message needs to be to SEC fans is yeah, you're good for now. But at some point, if you do not have someone else to measure yourself against in this game that you claim superiority over everybody, is it mean the same thing to, to especially to young people and to another generation? I, I don't think anyone is going to stop caring about Georgia football in the state of Georgia or in the Southeast. I don't think anyone's going to stop caring about Alabama or Texas in the state of Texas or Oklahoma and Oklahoma. I think it, and again, the SEC has extended itself in a perfect way. Texas has a number of ties to a number of schools in the SEC historically. Texas A&M had deeper ties to some of the schools in the SEC than anyone really realized. I don't think anyone outside of the Southeast knows about the LSU Texas A&M history going back way before even the big 12 existed. So I think the SEC has done it the best possible way. They are now on the verge though. If they go get again, like Clemson has a history with Georgia. They have a history with South Carolina, Kentucky and Louisville have a history, Florida, Florida state have a history with Miami. There's history there. If you start getting Virginia Tech and and North Carolina and Virginia and Duke into the equation, there's not as much history there. And then I think what happens is is you I think was is what you're saying, which is uh, eventually if you consolidate so much, you're you're not going to have you know barometers. You're not going to have checks and balances. You're not going to have experiences outside of your own little silo that eventually you cannot make any more money off of. <laughs> like right. There, yeah, there's there's more yeah. people in Chicago than there is in the state of Mississippi. You can only make so much money on nine million people in the state of Mississippi. So at, at what point are you, you know, do the economics of it not make sense? And I think that's what SEC fans don't understand right now because they're very comfortable where they are. They're very satisfied with how good their league is. They also have the benefit of having all the best recruits in the in their territory. So they don't have to worry about that. Going to get players is not their problem. Um, and the fan support is not their problem. I just think 25 years from now, if all of a sudden there's two conferences and 45 teams playing the game, does it still hold the same value to a eight-year-old sitting with his grandfather and his father at the stadium? And I don't, I don't know. I think that's a fair question to ask. I, I don't think it does, but I also wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on the, the passion and commitment of SEC fans changing either. I just okay. don't know if that I, I don't know if that makes ESPN more money. I think that's again that's the question is have you con, do you consolidate to the point where you've squeezed the market to the place where you can no longer grow the game? And that would be bad for the sport writ large across the country. 
Well, I mean, yeah. And eventually, I mean, eventually you get there, you know, it's kind of like that saying in investing, like trees don't grow to the sky. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like eventually you do hit, you do top out, but I mean, you know, what's, what ESPN is doing right now though, is really, it, despite the kind of regional dominance, I think of college football, I mean, ESPN's clearly trying to give more, do more of a national product. Right. I mean, the objective is you're get you want to match up Ohio state and USC, you know, for the, for the reason that, because not just to, for, you know, whatever's going on in Ohio and whatever going on in LA, but also for New York and for, you know, Chicago and Dallas and like, yeah, that's, that's Fox though. Be, be clear. <laughs> pardon me. Pardon me. Yes. Fox, but you know, and, and ESPN, I mean, despite the, the regional the regionality of the sec, I mean, you know, ESPN also was able to market that as a national product. Cause you get these huge brands, you know, that are, that are game matched up, but like, I'd see. I think that's the question, though. Like, I don't think the rest of the country cares as much about Alabama, Georgia, as people in the SEC think. And I don't. And while it's a great game, and if it turns into a great game, and it's a tie game in the fourth quarter, everyone in America is going to still tune in and watch. They're not going to be as committed, and that that eventually hurts the product. And I, that is my question about the cal- going back to the calculations for ESPN mm-hmm. and Fox, ESPN and Fox. Like, like if if you think you just have like this infinite amount of market availability to just continue growing casual fans without cultivating the diehards and the the smaller programs and the regionality of it all i don't i i i think that there's a a lower ceiling to that than they think and i don't that that's my question is what what are i you know generally capitalists who run big businesses make mostly smart decisions they're not immune to bad decision making but in this case, I think they know what they're doing. I, I, I'm not sure what the next few steps will be, though, because I don't know how you add more teams to these leagues and without diluting the product. Right. But like and I, and we're, I think we're both saying the same thing here. But here's my my question is like, OK, for ESPN, this works great. ESPN can extract all this value of college football. I mean, clearly it's been an undervalued product you know, for, because if you keep the way they, that they're able to keep, you know, finding more money to throw into these, you know, media rights deals. But like at some point ESPN, I mean, if, if it gets to a point where ESPN isn't able to make more money or the product, you know, diminishes in value, what has ESPN really lost? Like, I mean, you know what they do? Yeah. They just say, uh, yeah. we're out. Okay. We're not going to, we're not going to buy Emma. We're going to buy yeah. ML. We're going to buy MLS from Apple in ten years, and 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 have a new thing that attracts younger eyes. Here's an interesting anecdote from a buddy of mine who hosted Snapchat on SportsCenter, mm-hmm. and they look at um they look at metrics real real hard. Like like what's cool about Snapchat is you can see literally the second somebody tunes in and tunes out of your product. Right. So you know exactly what what people are paying attention to. And he told me a story about the day that Alex Smith got traded from the Chiefs to the Washington Football Team at the time. And he walked into a meeting with his buddies and with the producers. And he was like, all right, we're leading. Uh, you know, I'm prepared for I'm prepared for for this big conversation about Alex Smith. Let's have some fun. What are we going to do? And they're like, no, we're doing preseason NBA highlights. And it's because a demographic under a certain age, let's say under 30, let's say 15 to 29 year olds, which sounds like a weird thing to say when you're talking mm-hmm. about marketing. <laughs> but, yeah. but, it's, but it's true. Um, they, they were like. They could see literally everyone tune out the second they started talking about football, which is interesting to me because I don't 
care at all about preseason NBA highlights. Right. It's not my thing. I love football. I love college football. But a younger generation doesn't. And so to to your point about like, yes, does ESPN just consolidate all this, do all this damage and then just pivot to something that the kids the kids want as 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 I'm now an old man mm-hmm. <laughs> saying and, and I don't know, like I th- this is where my this is. I think this is what Greg Sankey was sort of saying and doing when he was constantly harping on the the health of the game overall, the health of the game overall during those playoff expansion conversations, which is if we're going to have a breakaway and it's at 70 teams or so, I think we can still maintain a, a regionality while also having national interest, while also keeping more schools involved, while also cultivating young fans that love things like Iowa and Iowa state and, you know, the Apple cup in Washington. And like, I think if, if we could, if we actually had four super conferences, which is that stupid thing we've been talking about for 15 years now, mm-hmm. if we actually had that, I think that could save the game. And I, I mean, that wouldn't, you know, that I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Cause that would involve Notre Dame joining the ACC, which they're not going to do. Yeah. Um, could the big 12 and PAC 12 or the remnants of those two conferences come together and form like a really nice, western conference i think they I, th- I think it would be great football i think it'd be incredibly entertaining is it nationally relevant if they don't have access to a playoff and they're not a part of the big breakaway i don't i don't think so and, and the counterpoint to that is well are people watching the territorial cup right now today <laughs> like are people tuning in for arizona arizona state outside of those fans maybe not but people like me are because i'm a you know lunatic who loves all the games mm-hmm. and and so i I think if you're asking what is at this stage, now that we are this far down the path, I think the only way to save all of the, the charm of the game and, and like to continue, I guess re- recognizable is the word I use a lot now. Like, I don't think it's going to be recognizable. I'd like to keep it as recognizable as possible. And the only way to do that is to have three or four legs on the stool. You, you can't have two. And if it's just two, and we end up with 44 teams, I could rattle off a list of 30 teams right now that I think are extremely important and relevant to the game that would not be included in that. And that there's just no possible way that that is good for the sport. Right. But you know why they would never, you could, let's say you had 40 teams and you could break that up into four 10 team conferences, right? Let's just, just, you know, not sure. do it regionally with however, right. You know why that will never happen. Go for because it. the because teams the the teams in the SEC right now I mean they get an advantage from being the SEC they get more money than everybody else they get more prestige there's no there's no impetus for a team like I don't know uh, LSU to say oh yeah no let's let's break away and we'll be in this conference over here I mean it's because it's about recruiting it's about money you know it's about right, fan interest right. that like. You've got so many different individual decision makers like making decisions for themselves yeah. without any type of governing body because again, there are no owners. Like college football is just never going to be that. It's always going it, it, the, the competitive drive of fans, in my opinion, you know, is what is going to continue to kind of push this like regionality of it. I think that's like, I think that's but, right. Yeah, I think so, I think you're right. But, so but then, I guess my question but, is, so when then is what, how are we grow the how are we how are we, then how are you grow the game or how do you yeah, maintain I, the interest? I, I guess, and I would I would ask you this because I don't have the answer, which is at what point is it bad for business for LSU 
for there to only be 20 teams in the SEC and to not be comparing themselves to anybody else in the world. Like they're only playing themselves in the Big Ten. When does that become a bad business decision financially for LSU? I'm just using LSU because you brought it up. Like, like, and again, I don't know that answer. I don't, I don't know. Like, is there an insatiable love of football in this country that as long as you are a top 15 team in the Big Ten or the SEC, we're going to watch you on television? And if that is the case, that's that to me, that's their play here, right? Their, their, their gamble is the decision makers at ESPN and Fox. Their gamble is it doesn't matter how many teams we put in the Big Ten or the SEC, as long as they are very good teams and they're ranked in the top 20 and they're playing in big games every single weekend. And long as, as long as we have good inventory every Saturday, people are going to tune in and watch. It, I think that's true in Charlotte and Birmingham and yeah. Atlanta and Dallas and Houston. But what happens west of Texas? What, what happens when, yeah. you know, tens and hundreds of a hundred million people are no longer included in the game? Is that still financially viable for LSU? I, I don't know. I, that's honestly the question I don't I don't have the answer to. Right. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I go back to before there was even the bowl alliance or coalition or whatever. Man, like I, I get it. Everybody wants to see a national championship game. But like, was it really that bad? Like. You know, there were actual games that mattered to, you know, beyond the college football playoff picture. And, you know, I mean, going to the Rose Bowl or going to the Orange Bowl or what have you. I mean, that was like a big deal. Like, you know, and I've heard, you know, like Nick Saban even talk about this. Like, like, used to be cool. Like, sometimes just if you went 10 and two and, you know, won the Orange Bowl or something. Like, I don't know. I can can it be both? Can it? Can I can can I be as a fan? I want a clearer national champion, the way we have a Super Bowl champion or a World Series champion, and still also love, you know, Oregon, Oregon State on on Thanksgiving weekend. Like, am, am I allowed to still want both of those things? Well, it depends. Are you a fan of you know LSU or Alabama? Because you then you you really what you really want is you want LSU to win. Right. And so, you know, the bringing, putting a national champion or some type of, you know, postseason structure to the postseason is, was, you know, like the way that you do that. You know what I mean? Like the way that you make it so you can say, okay, well, we are the national champs. You can market it. it fans like that kind of stuff. Can, can you solve some of these problems? And, and I've changed. I used to be anti expansion. I wanted it to be you know, extremely exclusive, extremely difficult to get in. And I just sort of got bored with that eventually and said, all right, I don't think this is good for all the reasons, all the teams all, that I, Oh, it's going to be all the same teams too. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I grew up on, cause I, I, I grew up on basically like big 10 West football, strangely. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up on Wisconsin Northwestern right. and, and my grandfather cried in 1993 when he took my parents and his wife to my grandmother to, to the Rose bowl to watch Wisconsin and UCLA and it was the first time they'd been to the Rose Bowl in 50 years. And it meant the world to him, exactly like you're talking about. Um, I, I still think that, and again, this maybe is just moving the Overton window on how we define that stuff. And to me, it's like Iowa State getting into the playoff as a 10 seed and losing in the first round. Mm-hmm. That is still a team that is going to come back to Ames every year and be celebrated at some banquet hall on campus as the team that made the playoff. The way we talk about, you know, I'm friends with Tom Brennan, 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 who was the head mm-hmm. coach at Vermont, who beat Syracuse in like right. 2004, yeah. with like Taylor Coppenrath. 
And like the dude lost the very next game in the tournament. <laughs> like they, right. they beat Syracuse, they lose the very next round. And, and there's a million of these, these type of things in the NCAA tournament in basketball where Tom Brennan has never paid for a drink in his life in, in, in Vermont. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like in, yeah. In, Bur- in Burlington, he's a king. And so like, but he's also a cool dude. Like that's, that's, that's true. He's also, he's, also, <laughs> yeah. he's also a great guy, but like the, the point is for all these teams that don't have never really had a chance at the national championship. And the reason we love them is because we just want to see kids play a, a game. We love right. And, and play their butts off for a team that we love and compete against teams that we hate. And, and we love that. Uh, like, again, I'm a cat. I'm the fan that loves all of it. Like I love watching Alabama, Georgia. I love watching Ohio state, Michigan, and I love watching coastal Carolina and BYU. I, I can, I love all of it. And that I'm, I know I'm not the normal target audience here, but I, I think that that is why, that's why I turned my opinion on expansion of the playoff is to say, y- yes, the sec is going to make more money. Yes. The big 10 is going to make more money and the big guys are still going to win the championship at the end of the year, but we're tricking people into thinking they have something to accomplish and there really is something to accomplish. If Kentucky were to get into a playoff game and get smoked by, I don't know, USC 38 to three, it doesn't take away from the, the value of that season, which I think is the exact same thing you're talking about in mm-hmm. 1987. The reason we loved right. XYZ team when they went nine and three and they broke through and they got to go to the Sugar Bowl and or Illinois. I think it was Illinois in 2007, you know, goes right. to the Rose, Rose Bowl with Juice Williams like they weren't close to winning a national championship. But if that team gets into a playoff spot, and even if they go on the road and lose to LSU in that playoff game, that is still an Illinois football team that made the playoff and gets to hang a banner and then get celebrated for, for the rest of time in, in Illinois football lore. And I think that, to me, that's like part of the answer. I don't think it solves the problem, but I do think it's part of the answer. Yeah, and and like, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really like the, the playoff just in general. Um, so, I mean, for me, it's more like I don't like asking these players to keep adding more games to the season. Um, I was going to ask you why, but that, that's a great reason. But outside of that, do you have another reason that you don't like the playoff, like in general? Um, like, why, why is it not the most? Um, well, I mean, like the best like, way to decide a champion, I guess. To- well, let's see here. I mean, I guess best way to decide a champion. I, I don't know. I mean, like you know the to me the idea that you can have like some kind of objective process to determine uh, a national champion in college football is just silly i mean you've got you know what, 100 <laughs> 130 teams they're all playing different schedules they you know i mean they're you know operating under different rules like to me that's just ridiculous you know i mean and to be honest like I even think that the idea that like the Super Bowl determines the best team in the NFL, I think that that's stupid. I mean, that year the the Patriots were undefeated going into the Super Bowl and lost to a team that went like nine and seven. Like, so why are you a sports fan, Alan? <laughs> like, well, isn't that isn't that the old like why do why this is why they play the games because well no and that's what, but that's what I'm saying like you, like the difference is is like if we all agree like this is how we're going to pick a national champion, fine. Like I'm that's fine. You know, I mean, like sure. that's the way to do it. But like, I mean, I don't, I, I just, I just don't, you know, it's not like the NBA where there's, you know, seven game series every, you know, in every playoff, in every playoff round, you know, it's just that you're, you're not really getting, in my opinion, I don't know if one game is always going to be the, the best. Um, well, or do we have space in our do. brains for, for nuance though, to say like, man, I think Georgia in 07 probably was the best team in college football or, Ohio State in 98 might have been the best team in college football or 
hell, Ohio State in 15. <laughs> oh, they, yeah. Yeah. They, they but... lost to Michigan State. Might have been the best team in college football. Or, like, I, I still think that's like Jordan-LeBron debates that will never end that I find to be completely insane. I do think your first point about deciding a champion that is sort of equitable in a system that is built on inequity it's ridiculous. I, I think that is, it's not, it's not like people ask me all the time, like what's the di- the real difference between the NFL and college football. And it's, and it's scheduling. Right. Ske- scheduling in the NFL is identical. Every single team plays the exact same schedule. I, I know people think, and the NFL wants you to think that like some teams have easier schedules or tougher schedules. Like, no, Th- these are, <laughs> this, yeah. is the, this is 53 of the greatest football players on the planet playing against 53 of the other greatest football players on right. the planet. And the talent gap between Jacksonville and Buffalo is not very big. It, they are identical. It is a, it is it a, it's a matter of play calls and a matter of inches and singular moments that, that decide who wins a Super Bowl. Um, and, and in college football, it's just never going to be like that. You, you can never, you can never have equitable scheduling when it is based on geography. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's <laughs> not, not going to be a thing. So I totally agree with you on that, which is why expanding to 12 is way more equitable than, than, than four, because then you are actually saying, all right, well, if you're this good, so-and-so, you'll win your three playoff games and win a championship. And we're going to give you a good test from some two teams from another region, and we'll find out if, if Oregon's schedule was the same as Alabama's schedule or whatever. Like I, you know, and even then, like you said, the outcomes, who knows? Mm-hmm. But who even knows? then, I also don't like it, too, because to me, that's not very – that's not there's – no, there's not a lot of drama in that. Like, I mean, in the sense that, like – the reason why I love the BCS and, I, and I, heck, I like I liked it before even before that is like the idea that like really if a team loses a game, it really could like end their hopes. To me, made the is what made the regular season so interesting, and so like I always felt like during the Bulls or during the BCS, you ended up rewarding teams in a lot of cases, not necessarily for being the best, but for putting together the best season. Um, for example, I mean, nobody would say that that 2002 Ohio state team was better than the 2002 Miami team, but they happened, but they happened to win and they, they got there by putting together an undefeated season. Like that is really, really hard in college football, but, but that's still Ohio state though. Right. Like, sure. But how how does that change what we're talking about now? Like that's still going to be because it was was more interesting for, for me as a viewer. All right. Again, I'm not, I'm not, this is not me attacking you at all. I'm curious, like, what, why was, why was Ohio state going? I mean, I get the, I get the game itself. They were a significant underdog and Miami mm-hmm. was this un, undefeated behemoth and I get the game itself, but like, what is it about Ohio state going 12 and 0 that is more interesting in 2002 than it was in 2000 and you know, well, whatever, no, 20, what I, 22. What, what I find interesting is like Ohio State needing to go 12 or 13 and 0 to win a national championship as opposed to if Ohio State, let's see, that season, I think they had like a couple games, right, where they had like literally, you know, last play of the game type situations where they scored and won, right? Where like if Ohio State's 10 and 2, and it ends up winning the national championship. To me, that's not that's not that interesting. Or or probably there, there was okay. yeah. I mean, like in the sense that in this in the sense that there they, wasn't during this, the... during the season. Pardon yeah. me. There wasn't as much drama because I still think okay. Well, if we lose a game, and we're still getting you know still getting a national or a playoff bid. You know, I mean, there's there's not as much there's not as much drama. The stakes aren't as high in every single game throughout the year. 
I, I, I hear that, I, I guess. And, and this is the exact argument for expansion or against expansion, honestly, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I've always felt I didn't want two loss teams. Like, one loss I'm fine with because you have a bad game or you, uh, the football is not shaped like a round basketball. And so it bounces funny and things, strange things happen in football. And so I, I'm okay with sort of like mathematically eliminating the outlier essentially. Right. Like mm -hmm. that one uh, giving, giving right. everybody the, the, the beauty of one loss, I guess is kind of what that means mm -hmm. for me. Two losses. I'm like, no, you're just not one of the best teams. And so that's always how I looked at it. The, the difference for me, and this is just my personal sort of evolution on this, which is, you are removing a little bit of value from, let's say, 15 games in college football. The biggest 15 games in college football will have slightly less value with an expanded playoff. But you are adding tremendous amounts of value to like right. 75 other games. And that that is you're taking a little off the top to prop up the rest of the sport. And I think that is the like the calculus you're doing, because, again, if you like the BCS, what you're saying is you want it to be perfect and you need to be perfect and the drama of that. And I totally understand exactly where that's coming from, but that's still going to be, there's only two or maybe three teams that are capable of that. In which case to me, that removes a lot of drama. Like, I, yes, you're right on fourth quarter on third and eight Ohio state at Michigan state, all of a sudden that game becomes incredibly drama filled. And you know, when a Michigan state kicker makes a field goal and then, windmills his way around the field at full speed yeah. that that eliminates Ohio state from the playoff and they're done or the BCS let's say. And I get the drama of that and how exciting that is. I, I just, I, I'm okay with take, I'm still going to watch that game and think that was a spectacular moment and really enjoy it. Yes. It doesn't end Ohio state season like it might have in the past, but what it does is maybe now Michigan state can play its way into the tournament. Like I, I to me, it's just your, your trade, you're making a trade off. Because I don't know where, I don't know how else we're going to, like, to me, we're so far down the road here. Pick, pick an analogy, the toothpaste out of the mm -hmm. tube, haze out of the barn. Like, I don't know. Like, I hear everything you're saying. And I think most fans agree with a lot of things you're saying. You're not providing any solutions. And I think that's. That, oh, that no. Is, my, I mean, my solution, my, is to go, my solution is to go back to the way we used to do things. Well, but uh, okay, fine. I, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, don't disagree, I don't disagree with you. But no, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, this is more <laughs> not about gonna me. Happen. Like, I, yeah. And like, this is more about me kind of just bitching about the way things are going <laughs> as opposed to because <laughs> like, I mean, cause I can, cause I trust me, I know I, I see where all this is going. I can see where it's headed. I just, it's I don't a lot know. Like, it's a lot like political issues. Like we can all say, we just want X, Y, or Z thing to be solved and fixed instantly. Mm -hmm. But like, you also have to operate in reality where we are and say, this is, these are the parameters with which I have to work with, right? Like, and I'm not going to use any particular one issue because I have no desire. <laughs> but, but you get does that make does that analogy make sense? Like, we can we can complain and 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 have it be cathartic for our souls to 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 wish for a day gone by in college football where X, Y, and Z was valuable, and I got to watch this type of thing. But like, here's where we are now. How do we do the best job stewarding the game into the next generation? with all the BS we've been dealt, I guess is my, my, what I try to do each day. I can't, I can't, I can't take it back. The, the, they're not going back. It's not ever going to happen. So what from here, moving forward, what's the best thing we can do for the game. And that's all I try to do and try to say, and, and, and hope for. And mm -hmm. like right now at this stage, again, I wish we would have expanded the playoff because I don't think USC or UCLA leaves the pac 12. I don't think Texas and Oklahoma leave 
as soon as they did. I think eventually they would have. Um, Ten years down the road, it still would have been more, you know, a better decision for them to go to the SEC, not just money wise, but to your point, winning, recruiting, all the other reasons. I think it would have. I think it would have put off the delayed the inevitable is what I think would have happened if they would have expanded the playoff. Now, can they do the right thing now? Can they figure out the right thing now as a as a sport? I, to your point, unless there's a commissioner or leadership or some sort of centralized decision making, I, I don't. I have no faith in them doing it. <laughs> yeah. So, no. I mean, and and but I mean, like to me, it goes a lot farther though than even just the playoff or conference. I mean, you know, the idea. Look at look at the first couple weeks of the college football season, right? Like you've got games in places like College Station or Norman, Oklahoma or wherever at, you know, 2.30 in the afternoon on Labor Day weekend. Like, I mean, stuff like that, they're doing it for TV because, you know, that's the way TV wants it. But like stuff like that's just not even fan friendly. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing to cultivate? your your fans if you're saying <laughs> come out here it's going to be 115 degrees <laughs> you know i mean you like, mean alabama at texas and austin week two is going to be uh uncomfortable for fans <laughs> yeah yeah slightly and it, but of course it's got to be you got to do it for big noon saturday right well so, so when, okay so then is the is the proposition then to start the season in october like i don't trust me pro- i went i went to an sec school and i sat in that 100 degree heat in the, in the month of september i hated it hated all of it yeah. <laughs> but 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 you go because you're you know you're like you want to drink with your buddies at the game or yeah. whatever no the pro- the proposition is play the game like like this whole deal remember last year when oklahoma got mad about not being able to play nebraska at night right remember oh yeah, time, yeah right no the 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 solution is you find a you you work with a partner or you do it on your own to play the game at night instead of yeah. sign a deal with ESPN. To, or well, Fox that's all. To Fox. That's all. Yeah. That's all Fox. Um, I'll, I'll say this. Here, here's what I would argue. And I think this is, a, I think, I think this is the most undercovered part of this from the PAC 12, big 12 standpoint. I think there is a tremendous opportunity for counter programming to, to like the way a podcast about us about big 12 football is still going to have a major audience over ESPN radio. Like when I do my uh, ESPN radio show or I do a show like this, or I do the cover two podcast, like it's a extra, it's a, it's a totally different science. It's a niche. Yeah. We are executing a totally different, you know, product. So I think there's an opportunity. If you, if you're the PAC 12 to either keep it at 10 teams, sign a deal with CBS Take that evening time slot, brand yourself Pac-12 After Dark, which already is branded, and mm-hmm. and, and counter program and say you, you you're missing what's best about college football. We play everybody in our conference. We're all in the same area. We have hist- historic rivalries, and and the the best team at the end of the year is going to be our conference champion. Like and and then put it on at nine thirty at night on CBS. Like to me, that is that is that is marketing one hundred and one. <laughs> oh yeah! Like, oh yeah! Easy, right? Go where go. Be different. Take your take your weaknesses and make them strengths. If you're the little guy, play into the little guy thing. You know what I mean? Like if if mm-hmm. if, if the Big Ten and the SEC are big business and corporate consolidation, which they are, I if I'm a, if I'm George Klykov, I'm going. I I want a ten or twelve team league. I want to be on CBS. Every game starts between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern time. We've got some of the most beautiful settings in the history of the yeah. world. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Like, let's just, we've got great rivalries. We've got history. Sure, USC and UCLA are gone, but like, let's be the, the niche programming for the college football fan that longs for the 1992 version of the game. And I don't know why that wouldn't, 
it's not going to ever make as much money as the other guys is big business. It's, it's too, you know, it's too big at this point, but I don't know why that type of counter programming and, and marketing wouldn't work. That, that, that marketing one-on-one go where the other guys aren't like, right. I don't know like that. That is. Yeah. Well, and on top of marketing. that too, like for your fans, I mean, you know, it'd be fun, you know, to, it, yeah. to yeah. have your own thing, you know, like that's, that's kind of, uh, if like anything, grab BYU, like, yeah. grab BYU and Boise State, and do Pac-12, and say, "Look, boom!" Or, or again, if the Big Twelve and the Pac-12 wanted to combine forces, like we're talking about potentially, and maybe Oregon and Washington leave, which I think would be a huge blow to this idea. But let's say mm-hmm. Oregon and Washington stay, and then the vast majority of the Big Twelve combines with the vast majority of the, the the Pac-12, and you have this West Coast Conference, this Western Conference that is all on CBS, that all takes place after six p.m. Eastern time. Again, I. That that involves Baylor, TCU, Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, Arizona, Arizona State, BYU, Utah, Stanford, and Cal. Like that is that is college football, right? And and so I think there's space for that. I do not think there is space for it on the Atlantic Coast. I don't think that is probably great. not. I don't yeah. think the ACC can kind of quote unquote counter program. I think the Pac-12 can. Yeah, and but see, like that's also one thing I'm going to miss about the Big 12 is actually I feel like there were a lot of programs that are kind of idiosyncratic in their own way there. And like, like when the Big Twelve expanded, or pardon me, when A and M and Colorado left, and Nebraska left, right? Like, you know, they filled in with two programs that were doing a lot of winning at the time in TCU and West Virginia, even if they weren't necessarily the best TV draws. You know what I mean? Like, it was interesting. It made it fun. Like, that's the part too about Oklahoma leaving the Big Twelve that I'm not that it, like going to the SEC because you, we can talk about the passion or what have you, but. I mean, SEC football, a lot of that is just, it's a lot, it's all, all uh, very much the same. It's very predictable to me compared to a league like that. So mm. I would argue big 12 football has been very predictable the last 15 years, but that's, I, I think it has changed in the last three. I, I, I think with, with Matt Campbell and Dave Aranda and Neil Brown and Chris Kleiman, there's been a new wave yet Oklahoma state's defense the last few years. Like I think there's been a new wave of, of, evolution from the big 12 that's been very fun to watch but for 15 or 20 years it was pretty it was pretty typecast for for a while um, well but i mean since gerald else, mccoy since gerald mccoy <laughs> but i mean like everybody else was started copying the way the big 12 was playing oh, yeah. right i mean yeah. like yeah and I then no i mean like the, it's where the innovation in the sport was coming from there's no question about that and, and then you know again nick saban just took everybody's ideas and just did it with the best players so like yeah you know it is what it is but I, I here's the question for you, and, and this may be a spinoff here, and, and I know you got you you know you've got some kind of time limit here, but but yeah. I, I think what I'm curious about is is there like I believe in our media consumption that there's space for everything as a fan. So if you want, uh, you know your 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 Twitter handle blatant homerism. If you mm-hmm. if you want blatant homerism, you can get that as a fan, probably from somebody who works for the team. Every, yeah. every team, every college football team, every NFL team is a production company. Now they're churning out content. They have their own writers. They have their own radio shows. Like it's, if you want homerism, you can get it. Mm-hmm. If you want objective reporting, you can get it. If you want opinion, you can get it. If you want flamethrowing enragement, you can get it. If you want thoughtful, nuanced, you know, conversation that is more just me and my buddies at the bar, you can get it. That's what we do at, at, at Athlon at the cover two podast with my company here locally like you, you there's space for everything and i am curious if there's a 40 team breakaway the casual college football fan is going to watch that 
the, the, the random person in Chicago, the random person in LA, the random person in Dallas is going to say, Oh, what's the big game this week? And they're going to watch and they'll watch the playoff games and they'll pay attention. Uh, is there, is there like, does that really actually change, you know, Arizona, Arizona state? Does that really change Baylor TCU or let's say TCU SMU? Like d- does the iron skillet disappear all of a sudden? Do we just not care about that? Like do TCU and SMU fans stop caring about playing each other? Or is it just delivered in a different mechanism and there's space for all of it? I, I, I am hopeful that there is space for all of it. I, you know, I, I go round and round in my head on, well, so-and-so never really had a chance at a championship anyway. Now they're really not going to be involved in it because they don't even have a path. That takes away a lot of the charm, but they never really had a chance in the first place. Like I go round and round on that um, one. Yeah, but, no, I'm with you on that, yeah. But but like, uh, like does, does Arizona, when Arizona and Arizona State play, do those fan bases, like does it, does it, if it didn't matter who was winning the national championship in 1992, why does it matter who's playing for it in 2022? If all you care about is Arizona, Arizona state, I, I, I think there's hope that that could still exist. At least that's maybe that's maybe I'm not as cynical as I thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I don't have as much hope that you're going to have as many dedicated fans for programs going forward. Like I just, uh, I think that like everybody loses, everybody loses 15% of their, their passion or whatever yeah, across the board like that. yeah something like that yeah. okay well i hope that's i mean you could be totally right on that and i hope you're wrong but it's very possible so yeah look at participation rates in football around the country real low isn't it is that less see again this goes back to my anecdote about snapchat on sports center is that less about you know consolidation of conference realignment and more about like oh we don't want our children getting head injuries <laughs> yeah yeah oh no i exactly no it is about it is about not when your children getting head injuries, but like when fewer people are playing, you know, I mean, there's less engagement with the sport in general. I mean, you're just not as interested. People just aren't as interested in my opinion, but here, here I'll be cynical for a second. I'll, I'll go back to being super cynical. I, I, I think you're right. But the cynic in me says, as long as people are struggling in life and, yeah. there's, a, and there's a path out of that struggle via, yeah. via X, Y, or Z, whether that's military training or playing a brutal game like football there's opportunity to change your Coal family's mining. life yeah. right exactly like we this is not a new it's, it's not a new endeavor to like put yourself at risk for the betterment of your your family so i don't that that is a sa- sadly and cynically I, i'm not sure we're ever going to solve that problem in this country <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so i think as long as there are people that have that are struggling and and could potentially find a path out of that i i don't know why football wouldn't be a better path out of that than you know, the military or coal mining, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. So yeah. not to, oh. not, and again, not to disparage either one of those two things because those are, but they're dangerous and that's the, why you get paid exa- for it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, I know you got to go, Brayden. Uh, you got, you got to get re- uh, rested up for flying bomb. I'm sure. So <laughs> uh, you're going to be on all next week too, on ESPN, right? So yeah. Yeah. yeah technically this week. still probably might be dropping on like Sunday. So look for Braden on, on there there, fine bomb. Anything else you want to plug real quick for the, the, the Twitter account, man. I love talking with people about this stuff. Guys like you, again, you and I've talked about this stuff for a long time. I, I don't have all the answers. I don't think anybody does, but I think there's, it, I think there's a lot of healthy conversation about it if you do it the right way. And I like to think that we do it the right way on, on our podcast. So cover two for all college football fringe element for sec fans, especially you Oklahoma and Tennessee, Texas fans that are joining the league. And then uh, of course on the Twitter account, there at Braden gall. I think, you know, that, that's where you're going to hopefully get some some nuanced and thoughtful conversation. Um, not sure I can say the same thing, 
about the fine bomb show. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, again, that's Brayden Golf, folks. Many thanks to him for joining us. And uh, thanks to you all for joining us, too. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. For Through the Keyhole, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy.